What's up and welcome to episode 57 of Life in Motion. You're listening to the second edition of the Mid by Midwest Artist Takeover. For those who don't know, Mid by Midwest is a mural arts and culture festival in Springfield, Missouri. In this episode, we'll hear from Christine Retzel from Branson, Meg Wagler from Springfield, Ian Robertson from Los Angeles, Allie Grime from Denver, and Alexandria Olivia Hall from Nashville. Listen as we chat about what inspired them over the years and how they're using art to impact others. This is a Life in Motion audio experience, a podcast about travel, action sports, culture, and more. To kick off this episode, we have the only two duo artists of Mid by Midwest, Christine Reitzel from Branson, Missouri, and Meg Wagler from Springfield, Missouri. Welcome. Hey, thank you. Yeah, so excited to have you on, especially as the, the, the two duos right now. Um, but before we start talking about your art and kind of the whole process behind it, um, let's start with kind of who you are, you know, what your background story is, sort of how you got into art in general. Um, Christine, I'll let, I'll let you go first. Sure, yeah. Um, well, I was, uh, I'm from, originally from Colorado, uh, moved to the a southern Missouri area when I was five. I grew up mostly in uh, Forsyth, Missouri, which is like an hour and a half like from Springfield. Um, I was homeschooled. I was I grew up in a very Christian legalistic type of family. Um, and I from a young age, I had a lot of like how to draw books. Um, especially like how to draw horses. I think I had like 10 of those. So drew a lot of horses, like a total nerdy homeschool kid. Um, I was super interested in interior design. Um, and because, you know, this was kind of like pre-internet, I learned a lot of stuff just from our encyclopedias and from our local library. Um, but a big, a big thing was my, my, my family is very traditional. And so there was never really a talk about like girls in the family, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And like, you know, how can you turn your passion into a career? Um, and so at a young age, like I, I never thought about like becoming an artist full time. It's just, no one ever talked about it. Um, I thought it was just something that I would do because people would say like, you know, quote, I'm good at it. Um, so I, we moved to Bristol, Tennessee when I was about 14 to join a church, which ended up becoming a cult, um, <laughs> which was, yeah, it, <laughs> and it, it's funny now, but at the time, like, it was like, extremely traumatic, and it was, like, straight up, uh, it was, like, a reformed Presbyterian church, but it turned into this really bizarre agrarian you know girls being married off at 15 um underage drinking a lot of legalism a lot of like they they viewed their church vows like as wedding vows so if someone wanted to leave leave the church they were um uh you know excommunicated um so at the time my father like found it like his mission to to take down this this pastor like so he went to presbyterian like all he did like for the next four years of my teenage life was to defrock this pastor it turned into this really bizarre like obsession and uh so because of that you know he wasn't working uh he was you know abusing my mother there was a lot of psychological and spiritual abuse going on in my family which was extremely traumatic um and so because of like i was going through a lot of depression as a teenager i didn't it was hard to 
be inspired to create. Um, and where we were at, there was a really good homeschool uh, community. So my mom was like, I'm not good at teaching art. And my, you know, so I have three sisters or two sisters and they're okay. both also like extremely creative and artistic. And one of my sisters is actually a full-time tattoo artist in Springfield. Um, so she was like, I'm going to put these, these kids into art classes. And so my art teacher was probably the most like it, the best influence in my life that I ever had. And unfortunately she's not on social media and I have no idea how to get a hold of her and like thank her for what she did. It's super sad. Cause I think she'd be really proud of me of like what yeah. I'm doing. Like, um, so I, I really appreciated her because she started off like our very first class was teaching about modern art, you know, the super weird stuff in the early 20th, 20th century that a lot of people find uncomfortable or bizarre. And I was just like, ah, oh, finally someone that like gets me, you know, cause like I was so sheltered and didn't really have any kind of like art influence. And I would see these super weird paintings in books at the library. Uh, and I was just like, you know, like a Marth Rock, Rothko. I was like, this is such a bizarre painting, but I feel like my parents wouldn't approve of it because it, it's not a beautiful landscape. It doesn't take a lot of talent to create this bizarre art piece. So they will say, you know, that I'm not allowed to do it um, or that my art, my talent is being wasted. And so a lot of the, the art that I did, I didn't show to my parents or to my peers because I thought it was like, I was being bad. If that, like, everything was very black and white to me. Um, so there's definitely like a lot of guilt for even liking or disliking certain types of art or music. Like I kept my, well, I, you know, pop music, everybody likes pop music, but that, it was just like, so like, we don't listen to this kind of music in our household kind of thing. So there's a lot of like guilt and shame that I had to deal with. Um, so around when I was about 17 was about the time that, um, that my, my family kind of fell apart. Um, my father turned out to be very narcissistic, uh, super abusive. He kicked out my older brother and he lived on the streets. And then he uh, made, <laughs> made us kids sign a separation agreement, which is not legal. Like my dad does not live in the system. He hasn't paid taxes his whole life. Like, so we always had to rent houses and we were moving all the time to hide from the IRS. Like it was, at the time I had no idea. Um, so he kicked my mom out of the house and she lived in a homeless shelter for a period of time. So, you know, I'm basically, I'm not the oldest, but I had to kind of step up and be almost kind of like a pseudo mom to my younger siblings, um, which at the age of 17 is super hard. And at the time, like all I wanted to do was go to college for art um, specifically photography, because I, I had taken some film photography classes as well, and I was just like, oh, this is amazing, like, I love this, I was, like, obsessed, um, but, you know, because my dad didn't have a lot of money, and wasn't going to take any money from the, you know, the government to pay for my college, it, college was just kind of not an option, it was like, you know, you're, you're a woman, and you are meant to get married and I'm going to choose your husband for you when I feel like you're ready and you're going to be a baby maker. So it, you know, again, I went into this like weird escapism of, well, you know, if I'm not allowed to be an individual person with a career, I will just 
fantasize being in a happy marriage with my future husband, you know, like something that a lot of 17 year olds don't have to deal with. And, um, at the time, one of my best friends, uh, a, you know, another teenage boy that I was friends with, we had this like secret romance and my dad found out about it. And of course I was, he threatened to kick me out of the house and I was never allowed to talk to this boy ever again. He was like, you can leave now or you can never see your siblings ever again. So of course I chose to stay with my family. Um, and I would go to, uh, you know, go out to run errands and then I would stop by the homeless shelter to, to talk to my mom. And, uh, so again, it was like just super rough. And so I turned 18 and we moved back to Branson, which um, again was kind of like a, an escapism of like, oh, like we're moving again. It's a fresh start. You know, my mom is finally out of the picture. Like, you know, my dad kind of brainwashed us kids into hating my mom. So I was like, okay, mom's out of the picture. We were fine. My dad is finally happy. So therefore, you know, we kids are happy. So moved back here. Uh, I met another boy, <laughs> fell in love. My dad did not like that. So I was like, you know what, at least in Branson, I have, you know, my family, extended family is originally from here. And I had friends from before. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to move out. And um, at least I'll have some kind of a support system. Um, so I did, you know, got a normal job applied to college. I'm like, I just want to, you know, get my life together and be independent. And at the whole time, like art for me was completely on the back burner. Um, you know, I had no phone, no internet, no computer, no way of really um, being inspired. Um, you know, this was like before Instagram, you know, nowadays you can get on Instagram and be so inspired by all the art that you see. And that really makes you want to create art, but I didn't have any of that. So between the ages of, you know, 17 to 25, I barely made any art. And if I did, it was usually uh, studies. So I'd be like, you know, copying other people's art just to, just to do something with my hands. Cause I'm like, I, you know, I need to be creative. I need to be creating all the time, whether it's like a craft or, um, you know, doing cosplay, like sewing, making costumes or whatever. Like I felt the need to do that, even though it didn't seem important, just kind of based off of my surroundings and my circumstances, you know, like paying the bills is way more important than making art, at least in my head. That was like, you know, there's all this pressure at that age to get your life together. Um, and I wish I had focused more on like my happiness than the appearance of success, if that makes sense. Um, so couldn't go to college. I, I was on the waiting list for College of the Ozarks for four years. And that was really hard because at least at, at C of O, you can work for your tuition. Um, so I was like, well, if I can't go to this college, you know, I, my, my life is over, <laughs> which was <laughs> really sucked. Um, and I wish I hadn't have wasted so much time putting emphasis on like my value is in getting a, a degree. Um, and now that I look back, you know, I'm, I'm glad it didn't work out because, you know, as much as I could have developed my skills as an artist going to college, um, having that degree would only be useful in, I'm not really interested in teaching. Um, so instead of doing that, I started doing, uh, Skillshare classes, master's academy. Yeah. I started, you know, following a bunch of, uh, 
artists on YouTube and just watching tutorials. Um, and that really put art, or at least learning art on a level of, I can do this, you know, um, I'm not having to perform for anybody. I'm not having to um, live up to anyone's standards because no one's seeing me doing this. Um, so I, that's why I always kind of like emphasize to younger people. I'm like, you, you know, if you can go to college and you can pay for it, like do it. But to me, it's, it's, it wasn't worth it for me. And I'm, so I'm glad it didn't work out. Um, so I got married um, at 22 and worked normal jobs. And my husband at the time was, he, he got promoted and was making, you know, more money than both of us combined. So he really encouraged me to quit my job, which I hated at the time anyways, and um, focus on what I really wanted to do. And that was really hard for me because I still was lacking an identity. Um, never had I ever thought about doing art as a career um or if i did i was like nope i don't want to do that because there's too much pressure to make money and like man like what an opportunity of i get to really take my time and develop my skills and do what i want and there's no pressure to make money like that's some privilege and i know a lot of people don't have that privilege so i was really like man <laughs> well what do i you know like where do i start what do i do um and so originally I had wanted to do more um, interior design. So we had, we had flipped a house, which was really fun for me. Um, but painting was definitely something that I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like I can do something that uh, really is authentic to who I am. And uh, so I just started getting back into painting, did a couple of local shows and started to I wouldn't say get involved in my art community because it's Branson. So there really isn't that much of a community down here. Um, so I got involved in one of the local arts organization um, and really saw a need for public art, for art education, for um, making locals feel like there's more here than just a tourist town. And I, friends of mine, once they graduated high school, want to move away because there's no opportunities here. You know, unless you work in the tourist industry, which doesn't pay well. And it's like, it's rough down here. And it seems like somewhat of a dying town. Like there, the things are changing. There's, there's less shows going on. Branson is gearing more towards family attractions and a lot of creatives down here, you know, unless you're a musician or an actor, which they don't do well here either. No one gets paid well. Um, there's no opportunities. So people want to leave. Um, and so I'm kind of, I kind of saw a need for, you know, why not make our own opportunities? So, you know, I started becoming friends with other artists and it didn't matter if I didn't like their art or not. I saw, you know, there's, we made a connection and started being like, Hey, you know, why don't we, why don't we do an event? Why don't we do live painting at this festival? Why don't we start a film club and a figure drawing club? And, you know, so now I'm a part of, um, the Southern Missouri Arts Connection. Um, 
which we now have a building on historic Downing Street in Hollister, which is just kind of a dream come true. And our art, our little art community is slowly growing. Yeah. And um, which is amazing. And that's kind of where my big passion is, is not, not just art, but um, growing my art community. Um, and there's a huge need for it. Like there's so many artists that are so skilled and they are killing it, but you know, they're not necessarily influencing their community in a positive way. And um, so I do spend, you know, a lot of my time during the week volunteering for, um, for my arts organization. And it's something that I never saw myself doing because I don't, I don't view myself as a leader in anything, but I am sort of turning into a leader for, um, for that. Um, so back in 2018, uh, 20, yeah, 2018, um, I had always liked painting on large canvases, but the problem is, is that around here, because they're, like I said, there's not much of an art market. Um, a lot of people don't want to pay or they can't afford to pay, you know, more than like a hundred bucks for a painting. Um, and a lot of the, the paintings that I were doing were like, you know, 500 plus paintings. And so I, I was painting a lot, but you know, a lot of people will be like, oh, but do you sell your paintings? And the answer is no. <laughs> And, that, and that's not a bad thing. I, you know, I, def, I definitely don't like to put an emphasis on, you know, this isn't worth anything unless, you know, someone else finds it valuable because I'm like, I don't want to end up hating what I love doing by, by putting monetary value on it. Um, and so because I don't, because I'm not intimidated by painting large, um, getting into painting murals was a really easy transition. Um, so I, my husband and I were, uh, it was a, our anniversary and we went to uh, Skate World, which is on the, the strip. And he knows the owners and they were remodeling it. And I just asked them like, hey, you know, do you have any plans for the walls? Because the walls were disgusting. <laughs> like they were this awful lime green color with like gross graffiti characters from like back when I was a child. Like they had been there for that long. And the owners were like, oh no, we don't, we don't really know what we want. And I said, well, and I don't know why I said this because it's, it was an absolutely ridiculous, like over the top project. But I said, if I, you know, if I come back with some, some drawings, would you be open to me painting your walls? And they seemed a little bit hesitant. And, um, and I came back and at the time I didn't have an, an iPad, but I, uh, I cut out some brown, you know, uh, contractor's paper and just started drawing just random stuff that I thought would be cool to put on the walls in a skate rink. Yeah. And I, I brought it back and I slowly unrolled the super, you know, cause it, the wall is 300 feet long. It's a huge skating rink. And I was like, yep, I'm going to paint the whole thing. And now I look back and I'm like, why did I do that? That's so wild. <laughs> um, and I had never painted a mural before, like ever. I'd never painted something more than like maybe four by five feet um, on a canvas. So he looked at the owners looked at it and they're like, yeah, looks good. When can you start? Um, so I didn't even think that they would go for it. Um, I didn't do a contract. I just got paid, you know, I was like 12 bucks an hour sound okay. And they were like, yeah. And now looking back, like they got a hell of a deal on this mural <laughs> for this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, if someone asked me to do it again, that's like a $25,000 mural. 
Um, but it was great because they were so chill with me painting basically whatever I wanted. And um, I, I definitely overdid it. Like it's a lot <laughs> for, for what I did, but I, it took me six months to do. I would just go in and, you know, for a few hours in the afternoon and work on it. And it was just like the most, like the coolest thing I ever got to do with no pressure, nothing. And, uh, that really got me into thinking like, oh, like people are starting to ask me like, oh, hey, can you do a mural on my business too? And I was like, yeah, I guess. I just, I had never thought that a painting a mural in my town would be something that I would be doing full-time because it doesn't exist here. No one else is painting murals in Branson. And um, so, yeah, I just, I, I've been busy ever since then. And yeah. it's now a full-time business and I'm able to pay my bills. And um, uh, it's just like a super awesome feeling. And uh yeah, and that's how I met Meg. Was <laughs> last when when was that? 2019? Uh yeah, I guess it was 2019. So like I think you can I think you can tell from just listening to Christine talk like why we hit it off so well because yeah. you know, um like just based on our com- conversations in the past, like it's such a it, it's it takes a special kind of person, I think. Um to like identify the need but then also to figure out how (laughs) to connect the dots you know what I mean like it's not um as simple as um not one solution right so we have all these pieces in play um of of artists creating and having talent here and and you know um it's just it, (laughs) it takes a lot of creative thinking to um to figure out ways to actually connect the community and to um, start to change the dynamics of, of the community to, to build and to grow. And I, you know, when Christine, you know, like you just mentioned um, not having Instagram to start out. So like I did, I was intentionally not having Instagram. Like I did not want that in my life. I was like, I don't need no stinking social media, <laughs> you know, to, um, and I had that, that vibe that like, well, I'm just going to do my own thing and I don't need to publicize it. Right. And I think like a lot of artists are this way with, you know, with creating or with monetizing what we make because we're so connected to it. We want to just be able to create and um, the value that we place on it is enough. Right. Mm -hmm. But whenever you start to look at how that has gaps in the community, um, you know, like as far as just, you know, like other artists coming and um, wanting to be able to make a living here and being able to pay your bills and, and knowing what the value is on your art. <clears throat> you know, like I think um, I saw that in Christine and we met uh, on Instagram first and it was just, you know, like such, she, you know, she's just such a like, hey, let's hang out and be friends, <laughs> you know, um, and I don't have that. I'm, like, very uh, weird and, and awkward most of the time, and so I was, like, yeah, hell yeah, let's be friends, and um, and I, I just, like, admire her art like crazy. She has such an insane talent, um, and then we just started to, you know, like, uh, we did Arts Fest live together, and then we painted at Murphy Park together, and um, have just kind of kept up along the way and we just kept promising like, okay, we're going to do, 
you know, like we're going to get on a wall together. We're going to do, you know, because we have such different styles. Um, but I think it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's just such a cool, it's cool to be able to connect. Uh, and I think Christine and I like just, I don't know, hit it off really well from, from the get go. Yeah. And and it sounds like a lot of your, both of y'all's inspiration comes from obviously different things, but right now it's mainly focused towards kind of building that community um, and and showcasing art that everybody can see kind of is is how how I hear it from you all at least. Yeah. I, you know, a few people have asked me like, you know, oh, you know, you're so good at art. You should, you should move to LA or something or, um, and, you know, you can make more money. And the thing is, is that like, Uh, if I moved to LA, I would be a nobody and it would be so hard because I'd be comparing my skills to, you know, the amazing artists that live out there when really, you know, ah, God, I hate to say this. It sounds so narcissistic, but like, I'm somewhat of a celebrity in branding. Like people are (laughs) like looking, people like younger artists are looking up to me, like are following me on Instagram and being like, I want to do what you do. And I'm like, yes, perfect. Like, like I didn't have anyone influencing me here, but now I get to influence other people. And like, I always was looking for someone to set the example for me and there is no example for us. And so for, you know, Meg and I, like for us to get together and be like, Hey, let's hang out and make art. We were kind of like, well, no one really cares what we do. Like, let's just, let's make our own rules and do whatever. And even though a lot of people will say no, and they won't understand it, and they don't find value in it. That doesn't mean that we can't keep trying because we will get so much satisfaction. You know, we, we will, it'll be so satisfying for us. And a yeah. big thing that I emphasize to the city of Branson, when I was talking to them about, um, you know, why it's important to pit public art into their budget, their parks budget is because, you know, they'll spend hundreds of thousands of years uh, a year, uh, you know, maintaining their baseball parks, uh, their soccer fields and, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, there's so many other, there's so many weird art kids that don't have, you know, any opportunities to do what they love, but they put such an emphasis on sports. And if I had seen, you know, little, it would have inspired me to do murals as well, but we don't have that. Like people don't even think about it because it's not there. Um, so it's, it's really hard to, you know, push something with people that they don't see it and they don't find value in it. And it's a super challenging and like, we, we get rejected a lot, but like it, it's, uh, it just, it, it makes us try even harder. Yeah. So I guess probably from both of y'all's standpoints, I mean, I, I guess between Springfield and Branson, is that kind of your, the why for Springfield and, and Branson and kind of this, the Southwest Missouri area that, you know, you, you all are kind of the, you know, starting, starting this movement almost, it's kind of been working its way for a while, but now people are kind of being more um, accepting. So is that kind of what, why you think something like mid by Midwest might, you know, work, work well here? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Springfield is kind of like a second home to me. Um, And uh, I have a lot of friends up there. I'm involved in the Springfield regional arts community up there. And um, I, I think the, why I love public art so much is that, you know, a lot of people can't afford to go to the fancy art museums or, you know, again, like they don't see it, so they don't value it. But when, you know, you see a really cool piece of art on the street that anyone can see and it's free to look at, it just, it makes your city, it makes the city more unique and more fun and, you know, I, 
like who wants who wants a beige wall (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah Springfield is really close to me and I I just I a lot of people are like I I can't believe that Springfield doesn't already have a mural fest um, because it's a big city and I'm like I know right like so let's make it happen (laughs) so I'm just like I'm so grateful that Meg is basically putting her entire life into this festival because like it's it's a ton of work and i'm just like so thrilled to be a part of it and 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 actually to that also uh meg what is kind of your uh i guess well i guess you both can talk about it but kind of as you all being the duo couple the only um the only two doing a mural together for mid my midwest what is what is that kind of process like and um i guess what what are you excited about most as far as that goes uh, so, well, <laughs> a, a lot of things, I guess. So, like, <laughs> so just to, you know, set the record straight, Christine is, like, the star, and I'm hopping on because <laughs> I just really, you know, this is my passion, and, um, I just want to be on a wall with Christine to put our styles together and, um, treat Springfield to it, you know, for, um, I believe, big time in promoting local art. Um, and I also, you know, just from like the festival director, like with that hat on, um, you know, I'm a, I believe you've got to kind of have the best of both worlds. You've got to promote your local artists and you've got to show them equal, just as much love as you are bringing in anybody, um, you know, from the coast or from these, you know, um, these hotspot cities that um, are just rich with talent. Um, you know, I think it's, the process is a little bit different for us, but because, uh, you know, like you give the artist prompts, you know, to, to create. And when you've got a duo, uh, there's a little bit more collaboration and back and forth there. But, you know, I think that just because Christine and I, and we've worked with each other and alongside each other, I think it's kind of, a I think it's just like an open, just an openness, you know, I think art is really about authenticity and, and openness and vulnerability and, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, your story leading into this, Christine, about your, <clears throat> you know, your background and, um, and my background is pretty turbulent. And I think um, for a lot of us, when you are painting or creating whatever, you know, whatever your form of art is, it's about like, uh, just being true and, and open to it and um, finding some identity there. So I think for both of us, it works. It just kind of, uh, it just works. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, and it helps that we both like each other's styles. And, and I, and I, I like murals that kind of have like a mixture of styles and kind of a lot going on. So, I mean, we'll, if I, I liked a little bit of structure, so I'm like, okay, tell me how big the wall is. And like, are we going to do a strict color palette? Are we, you know, like, and just kind of going back and forth. And um, I, we had talked about like me doing a somewhat like semi-realistic animal or something and then Meg would do some kind of like pattern or um illustrative shapes around you know whatever I come up with um but for the most part I'm like oh yeah this is gonna be super easy because <laughs> she's so cool <laughs> yeah 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 I don't um I don't know if I have like yeah magic science there it just kind of uh it just kind of works that's mm-hmm. awesome kind of kind of flowing with it it's part of part of art right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so gotta be open so mid by Midwest itself, um, you know, obviously we talked about this 
um, the different aspect or you, you all uh, as being a part of it, but what are you kind of most excited about the event itself? Um, you know, you touched on people coming from larger cities um, that, that from who I've talked to who have never been to Springfield, don't really, some don't know anything about Springfield. So it's a, it's a pretty cool, unique opportunity, but what, what are you all um, most excited about for the event? I'm excited about the hearing the positive feedback from locals um, and potentially getting almost like making me more legit and <laughs> like seeing like, you know, if, if Branson hears out, hears about it, they'll be like, oh, like they did a mural fest up there. Like, that's so cool. And like a lot of people really liked it. Like, so maybe they would be open to the opportunity of doing one in Branson someday. I'm not holding my breath. I think we need a few <laughs> more years of, you know, um, but I, I'm excited to see people realize, wow, I never thought this was going to be cool, but it is, and we need more of this, like, and hopefully getting, you know, more local in investors, getting more artists to come out and, you know, put their name on the table and being like, yes, I want to be a part, you know, how can I help? Like seeing people, uh, I don't know, smile and like get a lot of positive things out of it. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, for, for me, it kind of doubles as my why Springfield answer, you know, it's kind of like, um, I really, really believe that you can make it happen here, you know, whatever it is, I think, yeah. you know, um, it's about like before Portland was Portland before, you know, Austin was Austin. Um, it was just a town with some people that had good ideas, you know, um, it's, it's about, implementing your ideas and doing it in a way that includes the community and builds it up. You know, it's about making people feel seen and heard. Um, and it's about showing the value of, of what it brings. And I think this is just like the stars are aligning, um, you know, like with the Forward SGF initiative and um, just some other people who are doing working super hard in the area to to boost up you know the aesthetics of springfield the culture of springfield the diversity um in the area you know people are working daily at this stuff and it's just not necessarily under the microscope um and i'm just so excited to to put a microscope on it for for a weekend you know for and and then i think what you know what i'm most excited about is is the aftermath, right? So like, yeah. you know, um, not only, you know, Christine alluded to this a little bit, one of the big initiatives for Made by Midwest is, you know, to focus on diversity and, and inclusion. And that also includes uh, your financial step, <laughs> you know, like your, your, your class disparity. And so providing this opportunity for, for everyone in the city to be able to view this like world-class art, you know, and some of it mm. comes from locals, some of it comes from, uh, you know, LA, and we've got, um, you know, Chicago and Denver are repping in Florida, and um, like, we've, we've got such a stellar lineup, and I'm like fangirling out hard on these artists <laughs> that are coming, um, but, you know, I, I'm so jazzed to bring that to Springfield and, and share it, you know, and, and do it in a way that's uh, just fun, you know, and everybody gets to have a good time. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, I think it's gonna be an awesome event and obviously an awesome opportunity for our area. Um, 
so so with that leading up to the event and whatnot where where can people find you all online and kind of see what see what your artwork is like um in general and like i said follow you up to to the art or, or to the mid by Boot and west as well last year <laughs> oh okay i'm back <laughs> Um, my website is beautyfromlight.com and I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at beautyfromlight. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm Meg Waggler illustration. That's my, that's my handle. Um, and I'm, I'm around, I'm, I'm online. <laughs> I'm, I'm on social now. I, I caved and I'm glad I did. Cause I got to meet people like Christine and, and all the other artists who are coming along. So I, I'm glad I, I came to that peer pressure. Awesome. Well, well, uh, everyone definitely check them out. Um, obviously some amazing stories behind that and making some waves in our local area kind of as the, uh, the, the, the two behind the event are, are, you know, the locals behind the event as well. So anyways, I'm really excited uh, for mid by wind West and um, to see what you all come up with. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. And up next, I have Ian Robertson-Salt from LA, uh, California. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. So so before we start, uh, or talk about your art a little bit and kind of the process and inspiration and all that good stuff, um, let's talk a little bit about who you are, you know, kind of where you grew up, maybe hobbies you had, sort of what um, what kind of led you in down the down the art path, if I if I will. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up in Los Angeles, um, kind of moved around a little bit, uh, mostly grew up around Pasadena. Okay. Um, so my parents both went down the art path, so to speak. Um, they met at graduate school. Okay. And my dad is a plein air landscape painter. And my mom teaches art history at the college level now. But when we were kids, uh, my dad was working for the big animation studios like Disney and Warner Brothers. That's Universal. a pretty cool job. <laughs> yeah, he was doing, uh, he was a background painter for animation okay. before everything went digital. Wow. So he had to like paint each individual frame in a film for the background and like match the color exactly for each frame. Um, and he worked on some really big movies. Did, did so, I, know, I know I'm kind of going off the tracks right now, but you just kind of dropped that in that. You yeah, yeah. that. So <laughs> did you like used to be able to go like back, like, I don't know, backstage, I don't know if that's the right term or not, but kind of get like the insider look of like behind the scenes. Yeah. I remember going to a couple of the studios while he was working and it's really, it was just like an office building mostly where each artist like had their own little, office studio cubicle and they'd be working on different aspects of it so some people would be working on like character design and animating uh the main characters in the film or like he was working on backgrounds only um but yeah i got to go to like premieres and see kind of the behind the scenes stuff and this is all before like pixar yeah was a thing so once that took over the whole industry changed but um that was pretty cool to see as like a young kid and at that time my mom was also teaching a program called meet the masters so she would go to elementary schools and give like big lectures to 
um, like the entire school about Renaissance paintings and Van Gogh and all these, you know, amazing works of art throughout history. Um, so like art was always very prevalent in my life. You didn't really have a choice there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, they never pushed it on us. It was just like strongly uh, encouraged in a, in a healthy way, I think. Yeah, but yeah. Like my mom, you know, she also was very hands-on with art lessons for the schools that she worked at. So there was just like a constant supply of art materials in our house. So it's like whenever you're bored, it's just like, okay, we'll just go draw or something. Or if like, I remember like very early on being like, how do you draw a lion or like something like that? And then like my dad would show me and I would just practice it. That's awesome. Um, and then I eventually got into painting um, with his help also. That's, that's awesome. I couldn't like, yeah, was, growing up with, with that talent to be able to do that, I know, I mean, I, I'm not going to call myself an artist by any stretch of the means, but, um, you know, growing up, I did kind of for a while there, I was kind of focused on, or I, I not focused on it, but enjoy doing it a lot more. Um, and, but the only person that I had to kind of look up to in my family was, um, my grandfather who lived, uh, probably about eight hours away, but, uh, he used to be, um, a, I guess like a graphic designer for advertisers before that was like a digital thing. Um, right, so he right. like worked with like different ad brands and stuff like that and, and did those kind of, that kind of art. So I always, it's cool having the, the family ties. So, but anyways, so, uh, so you grew up in that and then I, I would assume you went to school for art then. Yeah. So I, um, kind of went about it in a roundabout way. You know, in high school, I was really into like skateboarding and BMX culture. So I kind of gravitated more towards graphic design. Yeah. And when I got out of high school, because um, I was more interested in like graphic tees and hoodies and, and like brand identities and stuff like that. And so when I got into college, I was just taking like every art class that I could possibly take. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So it was just like drawing and painting and graphic design and illustration and like literally just like anything. I wanted to learn all of it. And um, it was actually like the general education classes that I took, like sociology and humanities that made me want to do public art. Um, yeah. So I started doing internships with nonprofit organizations uh, to do mural restorations and mural conservation work while I was in college. Um, and that led to a series of jobs doing mural conservation and mural restorations. I've been doing that now for about 10 years. That's interesting. So what, what is, what is that like? I mean, cause I, f I feel like that's such a, you know, the, the restoration part of it, you know, somebody did that however long ago and, and you're touching it up, I guess, for better terms, I'm, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm how let's talk about that a little bit because i feel like that would that's kind of i mean that's a whole nother level i feel like yeah it's um i started i got into it very slowly so at first when i was working for one organization called the mural conservancy of los angeles i was mostly doing documentation and archiving so i was okay. going out and documenting murals and also um incorporating 
old and new murals into their database online. So I would do research about them and write about them and interview artists and do all these things kind of behind the scenes as well as like work on grants and things. And then um, I transferred to university and got a job with the city of Long Beach to maintain the murals uh, in the city's collection. So I'd drive around um, in a city van full of paint and like go and <laughs> check on each mural one at a time. And like, if it had graffiti on it, then I would have to remove it or touch it up or whatever. But um, yeah, basically the job is to like work on the mural as if you were never there. Um, like being able to judge the artist's choices, the original artist's choices, like their color choices and their painting techniques and be able to match that as best you can without it looking like you were ever there. That's that's interesting. And I didn't realize that that was like a, of course the, the art scene is much different in LA than it is here in Springfield, <laughs> but I didn't realize that that was like a, like a city like job, you know, like thinking about that like I said, from, from where I live, that's, that seems like what they, they do that. So that's pretty awesome that like, yeah, I think, you know, Long Beach is the only place I've, I've been to that really has that. Um, the city of Los Angeles doesn't have that. They usually have contractors that they'll okay. to do that kind of work. Um, but Long Beach had, I want to say like over a hundred murals that were done with artists and community members through um different grants from like the 80s all the way till the early 2000s so they have like a really limited budget in order to just like maintain what they have wow that's that's awesome so 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 you you get get that gig more or less and start doing that and then when did you start getting into kind of where where you're at now or how did that kind of progress Mm, so after college I kept doing the conservation stuff. So I was working two jobs doing restoration, like restoring historic murals um, through nonprofits and through the city of Los Angeles and also working for the city of Long Beach as an employee. Um, and it was crazy because I was working like seven days a week, driving all over the place <laughs> and just like totally burnt out and like not having enough time to do any of my own art and feeling very uninspired to do any of my own art so I kind of realized that that wasn't going to go in the direction that I wanted it to go in um so I eventually decided to step away from that and pursue my own art more and look for like public commissions and do like you know utility box painting and all that kind of stuff um, as much as I could and do I would say in the last two or three years, it's been progressing more and more. Um, and then I started tattooing in 2019, which has actually given me way more freedom and stability to like pursue my own murals and painting and gallery shows and all that stuff, which has been amazing. That's that's awesome. So. So this is a kind of interesting question that I think about with that, you know, painting, painting something on, on a wall where anybody can walk up and see, you know, especially with your own work, you know, you're going to, they're going to look at that and it's going to impact them one way or the other. Um, And with that, you know, you probably have some more freedom of what, of what you want to put on that wall. So there's, I don't, 
I don't know if responsibility is the right word or not, but there's sort of, I'm going to use responsibility, kind of sense of responsibility or, or like, uh, you know, you, you want to do something good that the community is going to be proud of as well. And, in a, and obviously in a way with, with tattooing, you know, you're, you're kind of on a blank uh, canvas with, with their skin and they know what they want, but they're also trusting you to put that on their body forever. What, how, what, I guess, what, what is it like doing, uh, I guess what are the differences and the similarities between the two, like kind of given that kind of framework? Um, you know, with like mural projects, if it's like a, a mural commission and there's like a budget behind it and there's um, some kind of community involvement, which I always encourage, um, I'd make it a point to actually talk to the community about what they want, what okay. their values are, what they want to see in the mural, because I don't think it's appropriate to just put any old idea or artwork into a random setting. Uh -huh. um, like I wouldn't paint a mural in Santa Monica um, the same way that I would do it in like East Los Angeles. I don't know if like, you know, that might not mean much to a lot of the listeners, but I think murals are more successful when they reflect the values and the identity of the communities that they exist in. Yeah. Um, so I think it's important to like really talk to people about what they want to see, what they would enjoy seeing so that they can like live with it for years to come. Um, which I think is really similar to the way that we approach tattooing and really discuss um, options and discuss like the meaning of tattoos for people. Um, I do a lot of like animals and nature and pet portraits, um, which I really enjoy because people um, love getting their, their pets on them. <laughs> but also I think some of the differences would be like some people just really know what they want for tattooing and they'll just come to you and be like, this is exactly what I want. This is where I want it. And this is the style that I want. And I'm like, cool, I can do that. Like, <laughs> I don't need yeah. to know anything else. Yeah. That's all. I, yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's, that's, I know that's kind of cool having those two perspectives regardless. And, it, and it's cool hearing your kind of approach to um, the murals and stuff kind of and, and making sure that the community is involved as much as it can be so that they're proud of it as well. And it, and it makes sense um, with, with the style and everything. So, and so you just mentioned, uh, uh, you, you like doing, uh, animals and kind of nature stuff. Is that kind of where you get most of your inspiration from, or do you kind of pull it from just kind of different sources? Um, yeah, I pull it from different sources. I think the animals and nature themes that I work in are usually related to climate change and endangered species and sort of like the interactions between the urban environment and the natural world um, but I also do or have done work related to history and cultural identity and issues of representation um, which I think is much harder for me to do and I don't do it as much um, but I, w I was more into it in college. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's interesting. So, so with that, um, where are, 
you know, this, this whole men by Midwest thing here in Springfield, what, what, I guess, why did you think that, or why do you think I should say uh, Springfield is a good opportunity for you to come uh, showcase, you know, your work and kind of get in the community. But I guess what, what, I guess what attracted you to, to this opportunity? What, what was it kind of about Springfield that you, you know, you saw that? Um, I'm trying to remember back of how I found the call to artists. I think I was just Googling mural festivals and came across it and it looks like something that was really fun and cool. Um, personally, like I've been painting uh, with community groups and around Los Angeles for so long, but I've never really painted outside of, of LA. Um, so to me, it's really exciting to be able to go to a new city and a new state that I've never been to and be able to paint with a bunch of artists that I've never met and um, get to engage in this like kind of community engaging process. Um, but Springfield seems like a really vibrant and like exciting place that I never would have even known about without this festival. Yeah. And it's cool. It's kind of, a, it's kind of at a, from my perspective, at least kind of at a unique kind of turning point for the city and kind of being more open and uh, to two things like this, you know, is it is a little bit different, but the art and the creative community in general has sort of been kind of growing and on the up and up for, you know, for a while now. So I, I think this is going to be a really awesome opportunity and a, and a good time to kind of, um, you know, show, show, the people within our community that, Hey, we, we have these artists that are, you know, amazing from LA and everywhere else coming and, you know, to be able to experience that and, and appreciate that as well. So I, so it's, it's cool that uh, you're going to be one of the, the, the first to kind of help with that. So, um, so, so with that, where can people find, find you online um, to check out your art uh, and your website, or if you have one or anything like that, to kind of follow and see what you're up to, um, kind of leading up to to mid by mid by Midwest, um, and also afterwards as well. Yeah, um, you can see a lot of my work on my website, which is www.anthro.com. It's A N T H R O E, and on Instagram, which has all my tattoo stuff, also. Um, is just at anthro awesome well i'm looking forward to um to see what what you create when you get here uh, and i and like i said i'm, I'm sure you're going to find uh springfield a really awesome and unique place but uh thank you again for sharing your story absolutely thank you so much for having me so for our next guest we have ali Grimm from denver colorado welcome hello Hi, excited to have you on. So before we um, take some time to talk about your art and process and all that good stuff, um, let's talk a little bit about who you are, you know, kind of what is your background story and how did you kind of get where you're at? Yeah, totally. So um, I am originally, or I grew up in Washington, D.C. Um, oh. and I got my start in the music industry. Um, I was, I started with a business partner little events company um, building and designing like stages for music festivals. Um, and then as part of that, we started curating live art um, 
for our spaces. And that's how I started painting was really just live at those events. Um, and then over time, I then went on to do, to curate live art for a number of other larger musicians, larger music festivals. Um, and so for the first two-ish years, I really just painted in front of an audience and I had pretty much no idea what I was doing. <laughs> it was just like for fun. That's awesome. So, so prior to that, you really didn't have quote unquote that much art experience, I guess, as far as like painting in front of me is, is what you're saying, right? So how, how, where did you get the confidence to, which is awesome that you had it, but that seems like it'd be kind of nerve wracking for me at least. Yeah. Um, well, so I guess, so for my first painting kind of, sorry, backtracking again, I, I was in a point, I, I went to school for um, strategic communications, which is like advertising and marketing together. And I was feeling kind of just not attached to what I was studying. I was seeing kind of some things that were a little morally questionable to me within the advertising world. And I started to feel really uncomfortable, but I loved the storytelling element. So I, I came home one day from school back. I went to my parents' house and I was like, I need to take a break. And I don't know why, but for some reason I had all these like paints and art supplies um, in my closet and I just picked them up and I made a painting like pretty much just throwing paint and it was all just like kind of to get all my frustration out. And at the end of it, I felt so relieved that it just started to call to me that I needed to have this method of uh, expression. And so I ended up dropping out of school. I didn't go back. And I then started just like trying to find ways to find myself to feel that just freedom again. And so that's kind of what led me into the music world. And then, you know, after that, I went to a music festival and, and I saw live painters for the first time. And I was so entranced. And I spoke with this woman named Amanda Sage, who um, is like a visionary painter. She's really well known in that scene. And she was just talking to me about how she draws energy from the crowd and how she, her like flow of her line work comes from just the energy around her. So for me at the beginning, it was really just about harnessing the energy around me at these live events because there's so much kind of chaotic energy happening at the same time and kind of just like being present in that moment and feeling all the sound feeling all the energy and taking all those experiences and just putting it onto a canvas and at that time it didn't really matter to me what it looked like I wasn't too concerned with people judging me it you know the music festival scenes are very free-spirited so no one was really like mean about it but um, for me it was more about just focusing in on that more spiritual element of just connecting with um, everything happening around me and and just appreciating that my mind could then create something from that that's awesome and that found sounds like a really uh one a, a unique way to get into kind of the the painting scene um kind of from that that different background but um, also a, a very, uh, I don't know, I, I feel, I feel like that described a very kind of creates even more of a personal connection, especially if you're like at a live event where other stuff is happening as well. And you have a, 
for the most part, captive audience. I, that, that's pretty cool. How, how, what are the interactions that you have with the audience? Are they mostly just kind of watching or is it kind of, or, or I guess at that point, were they just mo- mostly watching or were you kind of having some interactions with them as well and kind of talking about what you were doing while you were doing it or, or kind of what was that like? Yeah. So I think um, for a lot of it, people are happy to just like sit and enjoy, you know, just the visual manifestation of what's happening around, you know, they love just being able to watch. And, and that was what originally had called to me was just sitting and watching people. But it also does like create some really beautiful conversations where people will either ask you questions about what's, what you're creating or why, or they'll come up and they'll be like, hey, the way that you're making this thing, this line, or the way that you're rendering this image, it reminds me of this experience I've had in my life. And then it just creates this really unique opportunity to get to know strangers on a really, really deep level. Um, And I've had so many beautiful, intimate conversations with strangers that are now my friends because they just connected with a moment that meant something for me, but it, and meant something totally different for them. But we were just able to share that experience with one another freely. Yeah, that's awesome. That sounds, no, that, that sounds great. So, so, and that started, you were still in DC when that started, right? So mm-hmm. what, where did the, the kind of the transition kind of happen for you? You know, obviously you're living in Denver now. Um, but where I, I don't know if take it more serious is the right word, but kind of, I guess, what, what was that, what was that kind of transition um, and kind of the growth progression there? That's the word I was looking for um, with that, like from that, you know, first couple moments of like, Hey, this is what I'm into creating these intimate moments at these, um, you know, different festivals and some kind of stuff, you know, where, where did it go from there? Yeah, totally. So um, honestly, for the first, I'd say like two or three years, and I, I've only really been painting for, Um, like under five years, like four and a half years. Um, But for the first like three years, I never really saw myself as a painter. I I was so focused on working in the music industry that it was like my time for myself. Um, And then um, like a year and a half ago or two and a half years ago, my father was diagnosed with cancer. um, And that kind of having to face mortality, it made me re- think what I was doing and what I was putting my energy into and made me really question, you know, why, what my motivation for doing certain things was. So um, towards the end of, I I moved in and was taking care of him and, and in taking care of him, we spoke a lot and he helped me to understand that I needed to live my life for my passion, that I needed to really enjoy what I was doing and have a reason for doing it because life is so short. And so I visited Denver um, just because a lot of the visionary art scene and, and the more like psychedelic music inspired art is based here and just instantly fell in love with it. Everyone here creatively, like on the artist side was so willing to share information and was so kind. And so I set a goal in my mind that I wanted to move to the place where I could learn to be a real quote unquote real artist. Um, And then that, that was kind of what pushed me over here. And I moved over here right at the end of my father's life. And then kind of 
was trying to process everything that was happening with him. So I started to draw in black ink, uh, just free flowing patterns and stuff to help me just like process emotion. I'm, I, uh, I'm a person that keeps walls up really hard. So even for me to process, it took me a lot of work in, within my art just to be able to like feel the emotions that I knew I was feeling and acknowledge them. And so I did that through patterns just repeating them with black ink all the time. And that's kind of how I found my style was just taking the time to sit and think on things while just making lines and filling them in and then just seeing at the end what came of it. At that time, my process really had no thought. It just was like all processing and action. Um, and then I got into murals um, right at the very end of his life. I visited him for the last time in the hospital and I got the opportunity to go to Miami for Art Basel. And uh, I knew that he had a very limited amount of time, but we spoke about it and he was like, just go do it. Like, this seems like it's important for you. It seems like it's something that you need to do. So go do it. Um, and I did, I went um, and he passed away while I was gone. So since then, my whole mission has just been to live my life for those, what he told me, to pursue the things that I love, to focus on the message that I know I have to share, and to just work unrelentingly to make sure that that happens forever so that when I finally reach that place as well, I can lay down with the satisfaction of knowing that I've lived my life to the fullest extent. Well, that's, I, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry to, to hear that. Um, but, um, it's, it's, uh, at the same time, it's, it's it, uh, cool was not the right word at all, but to know that he shared it, it, it seemed like his head was in the right place. His heart was in the right place. And it's cool that he shared that with you to kind of progress to where you're at now. Um, yeah. Sorry. No, so definitely. yeah. So no, that that's really cool that you that you've used kind of art. It, I mean, that's a big um, kind of shift. It almost seems in the way that you used art. Um, you know, from a connection standpoint, then to almost a therapeutic, um, while still kind of chasing that the thing of which is ultimately you know following your passion. So that that's is cool to hear that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> um, yeah. So. So with that, so, so obviously, you know, um, there's a background there, which you found some inspiration and now fast forward, um, a couple years later, where, where are you, um, kind of pulling your different inspiration from now? Is it, is it still kind of in that sort of more or less like therapeutic stuff as far as like your day to day, what might be going on or are you, or is it kind of progressed to a way, you know, you're pulling from different, uh, different artists, maybe different happenings in the world, different things like that, or? Yeah. So I think to an extent it, it is still therapeutic, not in the same way. Like I've had my time now to really like come to terms with and find peace in a lot of the things that I needed to find peace before. But I think for any artist, there's just this permanent state of restlessness. Like we never feel satisfied. And so now my work flow is just always in a constant state of chasing that next level of satisfaction of just like finding 
peace within my own happiness. So as it's evolved, my work has gotten a lot more technical, um, always pushing myself to make everything cleaner, more complex, um, and to just like find more, find like more clear ways for me to tell my own story and to share the narrative behind my own work, um, mostly like with the narrative of looking to inspire young women to pursue careers in art and tech as a way to find peace within themselves. I think that it's a lot of women just like societally are taught that we have a specific place um, and we're never challenged to really cope with the general traumas that we get presented with in society. You know, there's like so many ways that we live in fear um, of things. And so I try to touch on those things lightly in my own work. I represent women as really powerful figures um, or as catalysts for peace and balance. And um, that's always just like, I'm, now my goals are just finding new and unique ways to present that idea and to hit new audiences. That's cool. So in a way, you kind of flip the script of what you originally were going to college for, um, you know, with advertising, you know, getting the wrong messages across that, that you felt were wrong, but now you're kind of using your art to kind of get the, the messages that you feel are appropriate out there. So it's kind of, kind of funny to hear that, that switch, which is cool. Um, so, you know, being in, in DC and then moving to Denver, what, I guess this opportunity with Springfield kind of what, what, what made you kind of raise your eyebrow at that uh, as a, as a place to come here and create and like kind of what, I guess what attracted you to, to the opportunity here in Springfield. Totally. So I actually Googled one day um, mural festivals, women, and I was feeling really frustrated in the street art world that I couldn't find too many females that were doing what I was doing. And an article popped up about, mid by midwest that it was a female-led festival and instantly i was like wow this is something i want to be included in like now finally i can see people who are like you know looking to lead not just on the art side but also on curation and help create equal opportunities for different types of artists um, and i was so excited about it so i was thrilled to have the opportunity to actually paint for the festival that's awesome yeah uh Meg and, and her team have done, done a great job and then definitely to your point, pretty passionate about um, uh, cultivating that, that environment and community around it. So it's, it's cool that you found it that way and that kind of inspired you. So what, what is it, or I guess, is there something, I guess, what are you looking forward to the most with Mid Midwest? So you come in here with different artists and experience everything. I mean, what, what are you excited about? Um, I definitely am super excited to get to present my work um, in a space I've never been to. I know uh, I'm very honestly not incredibly familiar with the city, but knowing kind of the area geographically that it's in, I think because my work is really kind of borderline psychedelic, not really, but just it's, it's very intense. It's really graphic. It's really bold. Um, my artwork usually doesn't appeal to communities like that um, where I think they prefer something a little bit more commercial. Um, but I'm excited to get 
to challenge myself to create something that is appealing to that kind of community, but at the same time is still able to convey the message that I want to convey um, and is, is still able to touch people in that community. I think, you know, whenever I look at any place that I visit that isn't like, you know, Los Angeles or New York or DC, my main goal is always to attract young people to it who maybe wouldn't have access to the style that I create or to the messages that I'm sharing or even to the tech behind what I make um, as an opportunity to open their eyes and help them, you know, get inspired to pursue something like this as well. That's awesome. And I think, uh, yes, yeah, this area is, is a, is a uh, big little town is kind of what they say. So, and the, and the art scene has definitely kind of been growing over the next couple of years. So having, having artists like yourselves and, and the rest of them come in and kind of show their different styles and open up our community to different perspectives and viewpoints. Um, and it's really cool hearing all the, all the artists being like, you know, I, I, I want, I want to portray my own style, but I also want to kind of figure out how to mesh with what, what is kind of in the area. So um, super excited to kind of, to see, see what you come up with that for that. But where can people find you um, online, social media, all that good stuff and, and follow you, um, before before the event and afterwards as well to see what you're up to totally so i'm on um mostly on instagram you can follow me um at a l grime it's a dot l dot underscore grime um and i mostly post there i did recently hop on tiktok um to help and make some more like educational content um around digital art and that kind of stuff. So that's just AL Grime as well. Um, I'm on Twitter, AL Grime Art, and then my website is just uh, AL, uh, ALGrimeArt.com. Awesome. Well, everyone, definitely uh, check her out and see what she's up to. Check out her art beforehand. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what you come up with when you come here in Springfield. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm super excited. Thank you so much. And finally, we have Alexandria Olivia Hall from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome. How's it going? Good, good. So before we uh, talk a little bit about your art kind of today, where it is today, um, let's take some time to talk about kind of who you are, you know, what your background story is and kind of what, what led you on the path you're at today. For sure. Um, I'm an illustrator and a muralist. I'm currently living in Nashville, Tennessee. And I've always just kind of been a person that likes to create, um, whether it be cooking or I do ceramic work, I paint all types of things, you know. Um, I kind of had a mom that was also super creative. She's a nurse, but she always was painting and encouraging me and helping me as a kid. So I kind of never stopped painting or drawing, which kind of happens to a lot of kids when they reach a certain age. Um, and she was, I guess, the kind of main push in my early life that made me want to do this as a serious thing. Um, she <laughs> painted this uh, Winnie the Pooh mural in my bedroom that was, like, absolutely insanely good, like, photorealistic, like, crazy. Uh, <laughs> and encouraged me to do competitions in school, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, her, you know, kind of letting me know that it was a real thing, a, a legitimate type of way to express yourself kind of, I think gave me the, the push towards doing this for, for uh, a living. 
That's awesome. And so Winnie the Pooh, huh? <laughs> yeah, I love Winnie the Pooh. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So so it so it kind of sounds like you grew up in kind of that um you know, a creative a creative family. Um so yeah. so after after Winnie the Pooh, post Winnie, um <laughs> what uh what 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 did it kind of look like from there as far as, you know, you know, you knew that, Hey, this is actually yeah. a thing that I can do and pursue. Totally. What was kind of that journey? Um, well, it's kind of funny. Like there is definitely a moment when I was a younger person. Uh, I think I was in like third grade that I realized like, I'm going to do this. And it was a, <laughs> a drawing, like an art competition or a show at, at my like elementary school. And I had worked so hard on like 10 things. <laughs> my family we all go to the day that it's the show and there's this huge like letter on one of my pieces and it's like you should be ashamed of yourself like no kid could draw this what <laughs> like it's obvious that your parents just like drew this for you so you're disqualified and <laughs> i just remember being like well i'll definitely like show you obviously but um subconsciously that took effect but um i always uh wanted to do something creative i thought i was going to be a chef like when i was really really young i just liked drawing but i really liked the food network and would like cook it in the middle of the night when my parents were asleep so <laughs> i thought that's what i was going to do at first but um i had a really awesome teacher in my middle school that really let me like understand that there are tons of career opportunities for artists it's not just like you know, people would say, like, how are you going to live? How are you going to survive if you want to do something creative? Like, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. And that is, a, a, you know, a common misconception. But she really showed me, like, you could do these types of things. You could do this. You know, there are lots of opportunities and you could take them up. So her encouragement uh, led me to, uh, you know, want to go to an art school and be an artist and I did go to an art school and thought that I was going to be like just a uh, you know general fine artist but uh, I took an illustration class and had a really great professor that showed me that you know career opportunity and I just like fell in love with that and a lot of illustrators are also muralists and um, I've always liked painting so I thought I'd give it a go and I muraling now is mostly of what I like what I do so um it all kind of worked out <laughs> in a good way but yeah that's that's awesome so so you did uh, from fine artist to illustration to muralist totally. what um what, I guess what is, what is the I guess what is the thing that kind of drew you to each or I guess eventually drew yeah. you drew, drew you there you go <laughs> The predominantly doing murals and that kind of stuff like what I guess what what is the, the biggest difference there to you um so I don't it's interesting too because even when I started as an illustration major in an art school there was a very um you know historical guideline of this is what illustrators do they do comic work or they do uh newspaper editorial illustrations and books and that was kind of like the mainstay, the bread and butter of what a lot of them do. But I found that a lot of my favorite artists were doing 
all types of really fun, like interesting types of projects, like painting the side of a silo or, you know, doing a mural inside of a museum, like things that they weren't telling us in school, you know, that we had the opportunity to really do. <laughs> so there was an artist that I liked. I remember my first year of college, I, she's from Australia, Carla McRae. You should, if you want to look her up one day, she's awesome. But uh, I like reached out to her and was like, Hey, like, I really love the career that you have and how you've been able to do muraling and regular illustration work. Could I like interview you maybe just to get some advice? And surprisingly she said, yes. So <laughs> I interviewed her um, for a school project as well. I, I turned it into a school project, um, but I initially didn't have the, idea of doing that but it just happened that way but uh I interviewed her and she gave me so many wonderful like pointers and encouraged me there's a lot of encouragement from others that I think helps a lot of creative people find their way and she was one of them and uh let me know that how you get mural jobs what's the difference between the two types of markets you know all that type of stuff and um, as at the, <laughs> at the end of my college career, um, we had a class that also asked us to interview someone and I actually reached out to her again, like four years later, it was like, Hey, like, I just want to share with you, like these things that have happened in my life because of your help. Like, would you, I would love to interview again, interview you again with a new perspective and new questions as someone who's been actually doing this. So would you like to do that? And she said, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. I learned so much from her. But um, the main difference, going back to your question, sorry about rambling, but <laughs> the main difference I'd, I'd say for me is the process of working. Um, muraling is so much more of a rewarding process, just being usually outside in a community, seeing people passing by that are curious, you know, asking like, oh, you know, like, where are you from? Or like, what is this about? What are you know, who, who made you do this job? Um, and, and most of them, they're so excited to have some public art in their community. And that's like the best thing ever. That's awesome. And kind of create, creating that connection. It's cool. Um, too, back to the, the kind of the college stories, um, one that, that you had the, the guts to reach out, her, reach <laughs> out to her in the first place, but then that she was actually like, yeah, um, sure. We can do that. And, and yeah. there was also the, the point that, it sounded like there's a lot of, lot of, uh, shared a lot more information than you might've thought she would have in the first place. Definitely. Definitely. She was amazing. That's awesome. So, so kind of with that, it sounds like that was kind of a big, big help to your, um, I mean, obviously you were shown it a couple of different ways growing up and through college, well, like, Hey, you can take this route, this route. But that almost seemed like that was like the final, like, Hey, you can definitely, this is somebody who's out there sort yes. of like me. Were there any other people I guess that, that inspired you along that journey. And, and then I guess I'm kind of meshing two questions together <laughs> now, but, and also having, uh, you know, her, uh, you know, having that feedback from her initially, which kind of jumped or, you know, set you off in that mm -hmm. way. Have you been able to share something like that to somebody else? If that makes sense? Like, has anybody come up to you and like, in a similar sense yeah. and kind of asked that? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Um, some other things that I think 
you know, kind of set the way, well, for one, I, I am usually self-deprecating, but <laughs> I will give myself some credit here. I definitely, in school, had my head down, you know, working as much as I can, networking, trying to get as much as I possibly could out of the degree and the connections and, and learn as much as I could to make it, you know, really worthwhile. And um, I had several instances where people, either professors or friends, had recommended me to something because they had, you know, seen my hard work. Um, and the first mural that I ever got was kind of one of those leap of faith situations where there's a brewery that I now do work, I've worked for for five years consistently doing all their beer labels, but... Um, Pretty sweet job. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, they're amazing. And they're called Two Tides Brewery in Savannah, Georgia. If you ever make your way down there, they're just such an awesome place. But um, they were looking for someone to make some art for their new brewery. And one of my coworkers at the time, which I worked at a coffee shop, had recommended me to her. And we just met and we're chatting and I, and she was so open to so many ideas and I was like what if we just kind of did a mural in your in your space and she was like yes let's do that <laughs> and just kind of gave me complete creative freedom and believed that I could do it even though I had did not have a single mural in my portfolio <laughs> at all and um yeah it was just really great and she and I work together every day I were emailing and working on stuff now and that relationship would have never came to fruition without someone, you know, recommending my uh, skills. But um, as far as helping other people, that's a really cool question. I haven't really thought about the actual like impact someone like had on me, how to impact someone else as well. Although I do think that, you know, you impact people without realizing it all the time. But yeah. um, there's a lot of people when I was in school because I started working as a freelance artist while still in school that um, I kind of always uh, had questions like, oh, you know, like, how did you get that job? Or like, how are you doing this? And can you give me advice. And I was always so open and, you know, loved talking to people about that type of thing. Also, um, I did transfer to a different school while in, while in school. So I was like two years older than most of the people in my class because I had to kind of redo some stuff you know how transferring credits just sometimes yeah. disappear <laughs> but um so I was about two years older than most of the people in my class so um yeah there there actually was a instance recently where I was assisting someone who uh, is just a little bit older than me that does murals all over the country has a very established career and um yeah I don't know I I think because I'm only uh, so I graduated in 2019. It's hard for me to view myself as a like seasoned professional. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know sometimes if I view myself as someone that could like help someone. I'm, I don't consider myself like a master, you know what I mean? In all things. So I definitely would love more opportunities maybe to have someone assist if they want or show someone muraling type of things. But um, yeah, it's been an interesting time because I graduated in 2019, moved uh, back to Tennessee and Nashville, 
and then the coronavirus hit. So <laughs> it's been kind of a solo type of job scenario for a lot of people over the last you know year and a half now. So hopefully there's more opportunities for that in the future. Yes, definitely. And that, and that makes sense. But it, I mean, it sounds like, you know, even as you're speaking, like during your uh, classes and that kind of stuff, you've sort of been an open book, I guess, to do yeah. any questions that come your way. And to your point, you know, you might not think you're having an impact on somebody, but you, you really are, you know, it, it, it seems like nothing to you, but to them like, Oh, wow, <laughs> you did that. So, so that's, that's yeah. cool. So what, what is kind of, um, you know, you mentioned when you first started working with the brewery and they, you never did a mural before and you just yeah. kind of like, Hey, free for all. You're like, okay, <laughs> I'll figure this out. What is, what is your, your process? I guess maybe, maybe your process is the same then as it was now, but what kind of is your process when you approach a project like that? I mean, you know, sometimes I'm, I would imagine that there's some feedback from whoever you're working with or working for, for sure. But when you're like, Hey, you know, this is, this is your, this is your wall, figure out what you want to with it. What's that like? (laughs) Um, man, I've learned so much over the last, uh, two years, three years since the first time I've, I did my first mural. Um, It was such a great blessing to have that first experience be what it was because she was such an amazing person and like confident in my abilities. And, you know, definitely that I don't know if that's the norm um, (laughs) for people to have that much, uh, you know, belief in someone that doesn't have anything in their portfolio. But nowadays I, have a completely different process than what happened in the beginning with a lot of stuff. And, um, actually being someone that does half of their, the work that I do is freelance illustration work for magazines or books or posters, types of things that require a very quick turnaround and, um, usually have a lot of input from a creative director or, you know, some type of creative figurehead in the process. Um, it's really helped me become a very effective communicator, whether it's through email or in person, you know, really getting to the heart of the matter of like what you're actually looking for, what parameters do I have, you know, because after so many projects of uh, trial and error types of things, the the easier it is for them to, to get what they want, the easier it is for me to get what I want to make out, <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it, uh, it's not going to benefit anyone to have to do like 65 revisions, you know what I mean? So the main thing that always happens, um, usually someone's reaching out to me via email or a phone call or an Instagram, uh, you know, DM and, they have an inspiration. They're like, Oh, you know, I'm wanting this in my space. Uh, no, what do you think? And usually they initially want to ask for a quote, you know, right off the bat, but it's so hard (laughs) to get someone an accurate quote. So I usually just, um, you know, just like, Oh, thanks for, you know, and what are your, like, would you send me some inspirational images? Like, do you have an idea? If you don't, that's really fine. But just berating them with a lot of very (laughs) nice questions, but just trying to get as much information out of them as possible so that I make what I can for them in the best way possible. So it's always tons of emails back and forth communication. And then usually um, about two or three sketches once they have, you know, given me some information and we talk about them, make changes, 
And usually um, after that, it's a long waiting period <laughs> of, of uh, getting everything in order logistics wise of whenever, you know, their space is available. There's lots of things like insurance and, you know, site restrictions for certain murals that take a lot of, you know, time of back in the back room type of litigation stuff of figuring out, you know, what's the safest way for everyone, especially if there's like lifts involved. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always pretty different, which is one of the most fun things about this job because you never really do the same thing twice and the process is always going to look completely different. But once you actually get to the space and you can start painting on the wall, that's like the best thing ever. It's just the most fun pinch yourself moment. Like, oh man, I can't believe I got another awesome job. This is my favorite thing, you know? So that's the best part. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't really think about... Um you know, the different liabilities that I guess go along with that. I mean, yeah. like you said, if you're using a lift or I'm sure there's even things if you're on a <laughs> six foot tall ladder, you know, yeah, <laughs> that especially depending on, on where you're working and, and what, what the organization is. So that, that's pretty, uh, that's an interesting thing to think about. So, yeah. um, so, so kind of, uh, going to mid by Midwest, what is it about Springfield that, I guess that you saw an opportunity. Um, I don't know if you've ever been here before or not, but what, but it, where you saw the opportunity, Hey, you know, I'm going to try this out and, and see, see what this, this event is all about this festival. And totally. Um, yeah. Um, well, I, first of all, love just traveling anywhere. That's probably like my favorite thing in the entire world besides making art <laughs> to do. Um, so I was super excited to um, visit. I've actually never been anywhere in the Midwest. I've driven through it many times, getting to some other destination on the West Coast. But um, yeah, I've never been to um, Springfield. And I've heard a lot about it because of um, some friends that I have that have, uh, you know, lived there for a time or played music there or something like that. But um, yeah, like, I saw um, the Instagram account and it was the first year and I was like, Oh, this sounds so awesome. Like I would love to be able to be a part of this. And um, the main thing I'm so excited about is just like getting to know so many other awesome artists, like from the area and not and connecting with, you know, those new people, especially um, like I mentioned earlier, like the last year it's been pretty solo during the work projects and you don't really have a lot of time to collaborate with people because of the coronavirus, you know? Um, so meeting some new creatives is going to be so awesome. And muraling usually, at least in my uh, experience is not a very collaborative venture. You know, it's usually you're painting a wall and that is commissioned by someone or, you know, for a, a company of some sort. And there's not been I guess one of the main only scenarios to have a lot of collaboration is these types of mural festivals and I've never done one. So I'm so excited to see the city, get to know it and, um, you know, get to make, hopefully make some new friends. That's awesome. Well, speaking to, to everybody else and, and people that I, that I know that are here and ones that are traveling in, they're all equally excited to come <laughs> to visit, um, and, and kind of share those experiences and, um, totally. 
me living here in Springfield, I'm excited that everybody um, is excited to come here and, and do that and kind of help build our creative community, which has um, yeah. been been on its way with events like and festivals like this. So, um, so yeah. with that being said, uh, where can people find you online to um, to kind of follow you before then and and follow you after then as well? For sure, um, I am on Instagram at Alexandria Olivia. And I post on my freelance illustration projects as well as mural work and process stuff and maybe the occasional funny meme. But uh, (laughs) my (laughs) website is also a great place to find out more about me and see a larger variety of my work. And that is alexandriahall.com. Awesome. Well, everyone, definitely uh, make sure you check her out. Check out her work. Um, And I'm excited to, to have you here in Springfield and excited to see what you come up with. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited as well. Thanks for listening. And hey, if you've made it this far and like what you've heard, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and let your friends know about life in motion. Until next time.